You're listening to ORN with Austin and Ashley. back on it i think we missed a few things in the trailer last week oh i'm sure there was yeah i I, I even thought of a few things yeah so so before we get started into um heavily into this week's episode let's hit a few just a couple of things that i saw at least with that we missed with the Mm -hmm. trailer first um after the initial raid flipping over kylo's tie fighter scene Mm -hmm. you see this spaceship flying in the dark to this looks like a little city out in the in the far far away um the cityscape or whatever you know mm-hmm. what i'm talking about right oh yeah so apparently some folks online have done a little comparison and that ship seems to look almost exactly like the same ship that took ray to jakku in the first place yeah, according according to the uh, the vision she had, you know, yeah, I was um, somebody pointed that out, and what was funny, I think I must have just overlooked it the first time, and just because if you look at it at a glance, it looked like an A wing fighter that was flying. That's that's what I thought too. And then yeah. you see the A wing that's you know that gets blown up later in the trailer, and so I guess my brain just kind of just lumped it all together, and then somebody pointed out that no, I think that's the same ship from Ray's vision about her parents leaving her. Wow. And, you know, you got to wonder, is that planet um, that that ship's flying to, is that indoor, you think? I mean, it's dark, so you can't really tell much. See, that's the thing. I wonder if they would do that. Like, let's like let's go back to, a, you know, another known established planet for the big climactic scene. Or do we, you know, because they always want to do just a new planet just because it's a new movie. So they want to do a new planet. So I'm sure it's probably going to be some new planet we've never heard of before. But they'll yeah they'll make it part of canon and, and influence it heavily, and then all of a sudden, in the rest of our media, we'll always reference it as <laughs> yeah whatever but, it is. You know, I'm I'm still in the camp that she's going to learn her parentage early on in the film. So that that's why I'm thinking maybe it's early in the movie. I, I mean, I don't know. I, this is just that's just me right. throwing and it. And you out know, there. you know, the thing is, is they. Um, if we're looking at reflections and how how everything you know is just patterns and it repeats itself, it would it would make sense because look at Return of the Jedi. We kind of had an unloading of truth and some revelations pretty early on in that movie as well. So if they're going to kind yeah. of reflect Return of the Jedi in a way, you know that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Um. The second thing I, I want to go back. You know, we talked about that scene with with Kylo and and Ray right at the beginning. I'm going to take everything I said about that back. I think they are training together. I think they're training. Otherwise, yeah, Kylo would be shooting and not just flying. And it's almost like the look on Ray's face when she gets ready to run and gets ready to, it's like, all right, attempt number two or attempt number three. I got this. 
you know, I can do this. I mean, do you get that vibe at all? No, I no, I totally get that. I mean, it could definitely be a training, you know, situation or, you know, who knows? It could be, um, I mean, it could just be a showdown, you know, that's why he's not shooting is because, you know, he doesn't, I mean, there's no point because I guess he, he knows that most likely it won't kill her. And, you know, I guess he just wants to, they want to have a clash. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, we really didn't get enough in that trailer to actually learn anything. Right. We just got some cool Star Wars shots and some stuff to say, ooh, ah, about it. Right. You know. But, um, is so is there anything you wanted to address other than those two things that I, that I, was I thought say, of? There was that. I feel like there was something else that was pointed out in the trailer, and I'm not thinking about it at the moment. There was something else. I mean, of course, you know, it's people point out too. There's the, there's no R2 whatsoever. I don't know if we really focused on that or talked about that last time, but there's really like no R2 at all. So I'm wondering if that is somehow, I don't know, like does that tie into something or does that you know, we, mean we talk, something? We talked about it a little. We talked about it a little because I was like, did, did he stay on Oct 2 with Luke? Right. You remember? And then we said, no, nah, he was in that final scene when they were all aboard the Falcon. In The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have that, but then he's not he's not showing up in any of the promotionals here. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's so weird. But he is on that leaked poster. You know? Oh, yeah, that's right. He's, that's right. He, he's there with, with 3PO. But then I, I'm just wondering if this was just a case of... You know, trying to fit as much as you can without giving anything away into a small teaser. Right. But, you know, it's just like the um, sort of like how Disney and and Marvel and all that do the marketing. Like with the Avengers stuff now, uh, Hawkeye wasn't in any of the promotional stuff and wasn't in the last movie. And then this one, it's like they're they're going to push him more. And he's got like it's almost like he's a whole new kind of crime fighter, you know, some kind of superhero. So he is called called Ronan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you have that. So you know they're they're not going to reference him. So you know I, I feel like maybe R two is is purposefully out of the promotional material for a reason, but maybe yeah. not. Yeah, I just feel because of him being so. You know, R two is such a a prominent Star Wars figure that to not use him when he's he is around, it's not that he's malfunctioning. That there's you know anything wrong with him and, and seeing 3PO is just running around having, having a good time. And he's obviously going to have his due in this movie. So it's just, I wonder, um, I wonder if R2 is going to go out with a bang or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you talk about R2 being the most prominent th- or one of the most prominent parts of the whole Star Wars franchise yet. Other than 3PO, right? He was relegated to, Oh, I woke up at the end of The Force Awakens and provide you with a key to Luke. Right. <laughs> and then in part two, the biggest thing I did was remind Luke of Princess Leia's hologram right. message to Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, I think they've done him a, a big disservice. And because usually he's the character that saves the day, mm-hmm. right? You know, right. without R2, we couldn't have pulled that one out. But BB-8 sort of been moved into that role. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I feel bad, I, I'm, I, especially for 
older fans who love those characters that R2 has just been sort of shafted. And maybe, maybe, uh, JJ Abrams has something special for him planned in this, in this last one. I don't know. Right. And that's, you know, and that's definitely a possibility because I, I, this is just me, but after watching the force awakens, you know, Abrams, and even with watching you know, his other adaptations like Star Trek and all that, I mean he's he's really good about playing in the sandbox. Mm-hmm. So you know, especially with him being a Star Wars fan, I'm sure he's going to have some really good treats, like just probably some really fan centric type things that you know, like I mean, we already see there's going to be a gimmick with three PO and and Chewie's like Bandolier and Bowcaster, so it's. <laughs> yeah. So he's probably yeah. just going to start playing out all these fantasies he had when he was a kid, you know, playing with the toys. <laughs> yeah, really. So because we uh, already had Han using the bowcaster in, in Force Awakens, and and I mean, co- I mean, everybody wondered, you know, how how great Chewie's weapons were, you know, because you just never really get to see it except in the expanded universe. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, um, I, I also want to mention this too, and I know we harp on this sometimes. Uh, throughout the, our, you know, past, how long have we been doing the podcast now? Mm, for the past, Since 2015. Three, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. About four years now. Wow. Four on. years we've been doing the podcast. And I know we harp on this from time to time, but I just want to say the fans, particularly Star Wars fans can be, well, not necessarily Star Wars fans, but just people on social media can be really cruel. So we go from having what I've seen on social media as one of the best fan centric Star Wars celebrations ever, which kind of, you know, healed some wounds, brought people together, um, gave people hope with expectations of great things to come. And then you see a guy who was on vacation and he uploads a video of himself Watching the trailer for the first time. Have you seen this? Mm, no. Uh. Okay, so his name is uh, Eric Butts. I think that's his name. Yeah, Eric Butts. Uh, super Star Wars fan, from from what I can tell. And uh, he he's on vacation. His wife goes up to the spa or something. He says in the in the video, and he's you know they've been. On, I, I'm taking it. He said they were hot, so I'm taking it. They've been on the beach or something. I don't know. And he comes back up, and they've already released the trailer. So he sits down, hits record on YouTube, and he gets ready to watch the trailer. And, uh, of course, he he goes through the same kind of emotional things that even I did when I watched the trailer. And, of course, it, you know, he had some tears and was crying. But he was, you know, he was, it was that joyful, that word you used last time, joyful, mm-hmm. just, I, I you don't know how to how to express it other than just like crying almost and and shouting as he watched the movie. Okay, so he releases that YouTube video and people just start oh they start lambasting lambasting him on on Facebook. Man, I mean just uh, picking at him and of course turning some of it into pol- political talk. It's just bullcrap. And of course. Uh, Mark Hamill comes in to save the day and uh, you have a bunch of Star Wars fans who come on to, to start, you know, hyping the guy and, and saying it's okay. And this is great. And of course, Mark says something along the, he says, uh, why anyone would ridicule someone so passionate and clearly enjoying what he's seeing is beyond me. 
Um, and, and he also says that, uh, Hey, Eric, thanks for sharing your amazing reaction to the trailer. It was inspiring to see you transported with joy and anticipation of nine. What makes what makes what we do seem all the more worthwhile. All the best, Mark Hamill. I salute you, sir. Um, that's just, I'm kidding. That was cool by Mark Hamill, right? right? No, I, it was I cool. But, but dad gum. I mean, it's like you can't even really share yourself without getting ridiculed these days, right? No, I mean it's it's um, that's just the you know it's the nature of the beast out there. It's crazy. Yeah, it's I guess it's just the world we live in. But uh, you know, and and I've still seen hate for this, this episode nine teaser trailer online as well, which I don't I don't understand at all. Um, even on our Facebook page and some of the comments, you know, mm. I I was just super surprised at just how many people had negative comments about it. Which I you know I'm not telling people how to think. I, it just surprised me. Well, it's just a, it's it's just a, I guess a, such a passionate, you know, remark. I guess you know, just a reaction to to a teaser, something that's yeah. just like a sizzle reel. And you know, I mean, there's, I don't, I didn't see anything in there to make me angry. You know, I mean, it was all, you know, good stuff and positive stuff. That's why I don't know when I see people's reactions towards things that are so. You know, just so vile, like they're just so mad and angry about it. You just wonder, like, what, what was the trigger? You know, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, even with the Last Jedi, I'm like, you know, I get it, and and it took me. I had to watch that movie. You know, I watched it. I think three times in theaters, and yeah. I had to really digest it because it wasn't just like your typical Star Wars movie. Because Ryan refused to give you you know, exactly what everyone wanted. Everyone just kind of have their own preconceived notions and, and that's just how it goes. I mean, you're not going to always be right. And, yeah. and, you know, and I, I, you can pick the movie apart and pick out things you like and don't like. It's just people, just that reaction to it that was so negative from, a, you know, it's a vocal minority, but it's just so, so negative. And even, even, and, and what's funny is I just kind of went back and I remember there was a, a post, somebody made a post about it and it was a long Twitter, uh, or a, I think it was a Twitter, uh, post. Like they would just keep in blocks, explain mm-hmm. like their defense of the last Jedi, kind of explaining the references in the movie. You know, a lot of the Kira Kurosawa references and things like that, especially the, yeah. the storytelling with Luke, Luke Ray and, and, uh, Kylo and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. just, I mean, really, really thought out, like, great explanations, you know, in defense of the movie. Like, okay, you know, people can get angry and they'll, they'll just spit out whatever their reasoning for being angry is. And they'll say it's in, you know, in the name of fandom. You know, I'm the true fan. I know what it should be and this isn't it, blah, blah, blah. And then they, and this person laid it out. I mean, he even explained the arc of the Luke Skywalker character and it was completely perfect, you know, especially yeah. by the, by the ending of The Last Jedi. And then yeah. I think one of the first comments was, you know, one of the one of the longest apologies for the last Jedi I've ever read. <laughs> like it was just like, like okay, let's not let's ignore the fact that this person speak, speaking one hundred percent, you know, correctness and and facts and you know just just a it's not like a 
you know, you're wrong because of this. It's just a person who lays out this is this is why the Last Jedi is a, it works as a movie, or this is why Luke's arc had to end this way. And then they just kind of explain it all, and all the links in it were were just very valid and very good. And you know, it's fine. Yeah. You if you people can still not enjoy a movie, but it's just the fact that people go, no, I didn't enjoy it because it's a horrible movie. <laughs> or or no and really what they want to say is no I didn't enjoy it because it it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Right. So it wasn't a Star Wars movie. I mean it was a yep. horrible movie. If I didn't enjoy it it means it was bad. Yeah, I you know I I wish we could go out 15 20 years and and reevaluate the last Jedi at that because point. Because we know what the reevaluation will be. It'll be that oh it wasn't a bad movie after all. It was actually a really good movie. Exactly. Exactly. Same thing with Empire Strikes Back, right? Because Mm -hmm. when that movie came out, it ended on such a downer that a lot of people were angry. You know, you left, I mean, you left me with an incomplete movie. Han, you know, was frozen in carbonite. We don't know what happens to him. Uh, Luke gets his head cut off, blah, blah, blah. And uh, if you go back and you look at some of the... um, reviews from the empire strikes back when it originally came out mm-hmm. there was a lot of negative reviews about it and it it's turned out to be one of the most loved star wars films of all time yeah some consider it the best you know right. no definitely uh, so i don't know i think it's still the jury's still out on the last jedi to me time will will um tell how how good of a Star Wars movie it is. Yeah. I mean, I have my problems with it too. Not because it was a bad, not because it was made badly, not because this, that it was, it's a bad film. It just, I wish Luke would have lived. <laughs> That's right. my no, only problem no, with the whole thing. Exactly. And, and me too. You go back in hindsight and you look at how it could have, how it could have worked. But you know, yeah. then you look at what, what the, the director was trying to do. And then that's the thing too, is people just take such offense to it. It's, it's almost as if someone tries to, to make an argument that this person took this job of making this movie to make it poorly in spite of you. And I'm like, yeah. that's not the case at all. I mean, this guy was a, you know, he's a big star Wars fan and he's, you know, he loves the franchise he, this was just what he wanted to do. Maybe there were a few things in The Force Awakens that he just didn't agree with. And this was just his way of kind of steering the ship in the way that he felt that it went. You know, that's just what you're going to get when you have, when you have different people, you know, working on this franchise and they're not working together. That's what you get. If you want to blame anybody, you can blame Lucasfilm for poor planning. But you know, I mean, it was, it was just ambitious thinking you know they just thought hey yeah you know the originals were that way george did the first one you know kirshner did the second and then mark Han did the, the third you know and and we just got a, a an eclectic like all around you know type of trilogy they you know each movie was kind of different than the last and yeah i just i felt like they all worked they were all great and i just feel like the force awakens the last Jedi were great there are things that you can pick up you know you don't like about either of them doesn't mean they're bad movies, but yeah, I just feel like the, it's just this culture nowadays of of if something is I, I didn't enjoy this, or it didn't something didn't happen the way I wanted it to, I don't enjoy it. it means it's a bad movie, and I'm just like that's not the case because even me, I can tell you there's plenty of movies out there I do not like, but it doesn't mean they're a bad movie. It just means they're just not in my wheelhouse, you know. Yeah. So so yeah, we all wish Luke had lived and and 
you know, all that. But I mean, it's just, that was just the story. And, you know, and plus it was the, the middle of, of the trilogy. We don't know how it's going to end. So it's up to the third movie to kind of, you know, lay it out to us. Does that story keep going or does that has his, his role truly ended, you know, and I guess we'll find yeah. out. And I'll be fine either way. I'll be yeah. fine either way. Yeah. You know, um, so, eh, I, I, I guess I'll get off my little, yeah, um, I feel like we we, we get sucked into these conversations. It, it feels negative, but you know we're just yeah. arguing about more positivity. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just people yeah. people just refuse, and they and they will refuse. But everyone's not wanting to be positive all the time, and I get that. But at the same time, there's nothing that comes out of just you know everyone just being venomous toward it. because you know you got to be good to each other too. We have to support each other. You know. Yep. Exactly. Um, so let's roll into something we didn't talk about that happened at Star Wars Celebration. You know, it feels like that we've got so much to happen at Star Wars Celebration. We'll be talking about it for the next few weeks. Um, because there was just a crap ton of, of announcements and new things coming later this year from, from, uh, Lucasfilm and the Star Wars franchise in general. But, um, the thing we didn't really talk about last week was the Mandalorian panel. And I'm not talking about the panel itself. I'm talking about the footage that was shown at the panel. Um, so did you get to see the footage, Austin? Yeah, I, I got to see a little bootleg video of the footage they had. O-M-G. And, um, you know, I think that footage is still out there, which makes me wonder if Lucasfilm, because usually when something like that happens, Lucasfilm's mm-hmm. quick to... Take it down. Yeah, that was why so, I quickly tried to, you know, absorb it before they took it down. But so far, yeah, I was able to to get it all and see it. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking there. Yeah, this is uh, some of their marketing. I mean, not that they took it and and put it up there like that, but I think uh, they don't mind some extra positive uh, reactions to uh, upcoming products. So I think that's why they're not pursuing it. But um. So let's just let's just break down what we actually saw in that preview. So um I guess they showed the first oh, 7 minutes of an episode somewhere along in there basically and that's then, what it looked, or yeah. you know the uh, a, a section of the series of an Yeah, episode. and uh maybe a few clips after that. But uh from from the get-go I can say that I'm literally hyped about this show more so than I ever thought I would be. Um, this show is aimed at original trilogy fans. I mean, it, it screams. If you liked the first three movies, you're going to love this, you know? Right. Uh, I think it's a little darker than, um, what I thought it was going to be too. Um, because there are some scenes where they're busting some people's heads and 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 some stuff like that, especially with the the gun to the stormtrooper's helmet. Did yeah. you see? And it just busted the. F- God, I mean, we've never seen a stormtrooper's helmet get busted like that, which is kind of cool. Uh, and it looks like we're gonna be seeing Jawas in this in this show. Yep. Which is uh, who doesn't want to see another Jawa, especially shooting stuff. Uh oh, and it was also confirmed. I know we talked a little bit a few weeks ago about maybe IG eighty eight being in the show, mm-hmm. but that's not IG eighty eight. 
It's uh, an IG droid series, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It is. But, but how I think they, they handled can... it? Oh my lord! Like, oh, that was so cool. I that's mean, exactly the way it needed to look. At least in that it, that instance. I mean, the, you know, I'm guessing they're going to use a mixture of pup, you know puppeteering and and CG. And it yeah. it was yeah, it looked amazing. Oh, with the, and he just was it spinning on his base there. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. just shooting everything around him. Oh, that was so awesome. Yeah, that was exactly um, what I wanted it to look like. So you know, I don't know if what they if the preview that they showed was like going to be the premise for the whole show. I'm sure there's like an overarching story line that goes across everything. Mm-hmm. But so f- for those that didn't see it, basically it's the Mandalorian who is played by Pedro pa- Pascal, who comes in to meet with a, a client and uh, the client uh, is asking for something. And, and, and really y- you don't really understand what's going on just in this preview. Right. I mean, he, you don't really know what he's asking to, for them to hunt down or who, or, you know, I, at least I didn't understand. Did you? Yeah. Well, it was, I know it was, um, in, oh Lord, Werner is, uh, Warner Herzog or however you say his name. Yeah. Werner uh-huh. Herzog. He was the bad guy. I mean, he was, what was he trying to do? It was like he was wanting him for, he was trying was to, to track down. Because they you know, because they always have, you can, you can either, because I think Carl Weathers gave him the options. It was like, you can do all these different bounties or you can do this one. I'm trying to remember what that big bounty was. I thought it was a person he he had to go get. Well, that's what I was wondering. I'm just trying to remember what was the because situation. they said dead or alive, preferably alive. Yeah, but if he if he killed him, there was a um, there was something to it. I'm trying he to had to show proof. Yeah, proof of like death. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was you know it wasn't off the table or something like that. Is basically what he was saying. Yeah, but but uh, the Herzog guy. I don't know his character's name. I can't remember. Or even if they said, but he was surrounded by stormtroopers. So keep in mind, this takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So when did the when did the Battle of Jakku take place? It was, I think, like um, two or three years after Return of the Jedi. Okay, so at this point, the Empire is pretty much done. Yeah, they're just kind of busted up into little factions, but the majority of it's pretty much gone, you know. Yeah, and sort of the state of the have how it is in the EU of the or the old canon, you know, where they're just there's little factions of of the empire that are trying to survive. But I, I mean, maybe <clears throat> in the original books they were, you know, there were bigger forces because you had Thrawn and his group and Dala, and then you know whoever else was out there. But mm-hmm. I think in this case it's probably way more just. Dog eat dog, like okay, we're you know we're still holding on to some ideals, but you know it's probably ran by some dude that's just power hungry and just wants to yeah. run that little sec that little quadrant, that little sector. Yeah, but I'm assuming they're on Tatooine. I mean, everything was kind of laid out similar, right? Um, desert planet. You see Jawas, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> I'm. I've just assumed it was Tatooine. So this job is coming from the Bounty Hunters Guild, right? I guess. So wait, let's just start over with Carl Weathers. He plays. Uh, oh God, they gave the names of all three characters for the Mandalorian, and uh, 
the the main characters that we know of are of course the Mandalorian and that's that's all he's referred to in the film, right? I mean in yeah, the show is as the, the Mandalorian. Yeah, as the Mandalorian, yeah. Um I don't think that they said anything other than the Mandalorian. Right. And then you have Carl Weathers who plays um Oh, what character did he play? Grief, G R E E F, Karga, who is like head of the Bounty Hunters Guild. Um, so he he's the one dishing out all the bounties. You know, you 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 want something done, you come to him, and and he sends out whatever bounty hunter he deems necessary to get the job done. And then you got uh, Gina Carano. Mm-hmm. Yep. who uh, plays like the the third main character, which is Cara Dune. Uh, that's an interesting last name. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yeah. Who else do we know with the last name of Dune in the Star Wars franchise? Mm, I don't know. Maybe somebody with, with a ponytail, I think, I recall. And went blind before yeah. he died? Yeah. Hmm. Notice his name was Caleb, too. Yeah. Caleb and Kara. Kara. The twins. <gasps> dun, 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 I wonder if she would probably, well, no, she, I wonder how old she would be then. Because, I mean, there's, I, there's got to, I wonder if there's a relation at least. Because she's got <sighs> to not be as old as he is. Well, he's not that old at that time. No, he's not right. too old, but you, you got to think he's a kid during the uh, during the Order sixty six. But think where this and, takes place five years after Return of the Jedi, right? No, I'm just trying to look at it like his age in comparison to someone like Luke and Han and Leia. Because I'm trying he's, to think, she's she he's roughly probably... the same age as Luke. Okay. No, so, no, no. He's a little bit older than Luke. Yeah, he's older than Luke for sure. Yeah, because Ezra's about this almost. Yeah, I was gonna say similar. Ezra's. Yeah, he's older than Luke, so. So he's got to be, if anything, she would be like, uh, you know, a niece, <laughs> a younger niece or a something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, you got to think. That he didn't know so about Dave, Filoni, Dave Filoni, you know, is, you know, I know John Favreau is the showrunner, mm-hmm. but Dave Filoni wrote his own episode, directed his own episode, and also had some say in the whole narrative. For the right. season. So, you know, he's going to tie in some stuff. And that's awesome. If they can, if we can get that sort of a tie in to where we have the, you know, a live action show tying into the, the animated series and stuff like that. That's just awesome. Oh, yeah. And uh, so anyway, she is a former uh, Imperial shock trooper or no rebel shock trooper. Yeah, it said that she was a uh, a rebel shock trooper. Rebel shock trooper, okay. So that means she was like the baddest of the bad. And you can tell, okay, of course, she's an ex-MMA fighter in real life. (laughs) Or kickboxer or something. I mean, she's she's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, she's a pretty bad lady. Um, And in the show, they don't show her in the first preview clip, but they do show her later on in a few other clips. And she's, I guess, the introduction between her and the Mandalorian, and, and they sort of do some little fighting, and they kind of fight to a draw in one scene. Mm-hmm. You know, where they're 
flipping on the ground and yep. then they both lift up and the gun each each one of them has a gun pointed at the other that was yep. a mm-hmm. that was very cool oh yeah so yeah. uh and uh, and of course i'm sure there's probably gonna be you have to do it put some romance in the show and they'll probably like each other <laughs> <sighs> i'm sorry i'm sorry for <laughs> for those of you who like the romance in the star wars um but I, yeah i'm sure they'll do it right though because um this show is just off the chain anyway so uh as he you know accepts uh grief Karga's uh little deal here and he goes to see the bounty the uh the um herzog's character he's walking through the streets of whatever city some some city in, on tatooine i'm assuming and you see the coolest some of the coolest things that you ever see like a monkey lizard being roasted alive yeah that was cool and the and the crowd <laughs> loved it too Oh yeah, the crowd loved it, and, and another monkey lizard inside a little cage, like he, he's waiting to be cooked. Oh, now my kid wouldn't like that because she, that's one of her favorite characters in Star Wars is Salacious Crumb. <laughs> now, what's bad? I, I, or one thing I loved was the dialogue. I mean, the you know he's in the room with all the people. Remember the 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 uh, stormtroopers come in. Yeah. And he's sitting there, he pulls his guns on him and they're like, you know, we have you outnumbered four to one or something like that. And he's like, I'll take those odds. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Like, I mean, that was, that was awesome. So, you know, um, he's a bad dude. Yeah. Like you can tell, like just looking at this show, it's like, it's being made with love. Like, I mean, it looks like how you want a Star Wars show to look. And then they had a lot of the classic aliens in there. Mm -hmm. So it just, it looks great. And then how they're, how they filled the the IG uh, robot sequence there, the droid sequence that just looked so good. Like, so I'm hoping that it's going to be a mixture of that, you know, animatronics and and CG, because it just, you know, it, it gave it a more sense of of the realism is great, and and it's actually more scary. I mean, when you're looking at a robot that's taking out all these people, he's got a, you know, he's got the blasters mm-hmm. out, and he's doing, you know, like a 360 spin. And taking everyone, I mean, it just looks awesome. You know, you do that in CG, it looks cartoony and it's cool, but it, you know, your brain says, yeah. well, that's not real, at least to me. But then when I see it, almost like, you know, you see it's a metal object there. I don't know. It just looked really, really cool. I thought that's how you would, you would film that, that kind of a sequence. Cause I just, oh, I, I assume they were just going to be, going to be full CG or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I can't remember if they said this is a nine or a ten episode series, but oh. somewhere I heard that they're putting like the the budget for the, each episode was around ten million dollars. Mm. So they so they're not you know s- sacrificing anything. But I did know that it, during the panel, you know, they said that there was one particular day or a couple of days that they were filming, and they didn't have the amount of stormtrooper costumes that they needed mm-hmm. so dave filoni was like well i know somebody i know where we can get that and since he's an honorary mem- member of the 501st he just made some calls and he got a bunch of the 501st to come down with their stormtrooper outfits and be a part of the show that was just think man if if you're cool. just doing this costume and just as a hobby and then you just get called out of the blue to go film something in the star Wars universe. That would just be freaking awesome. And you could, you have something to tell everybody. Hey, I was in the Mandalorian. 
That's me right there getting my Stormtrooper mask busted all up. <laughs> and he made a point too. I think, you know, now now they can say that their their costumes are screen used props, you know. So oh it would yes, be worth that they much are. Money. It would just be mo- it would be worth that much more money because now they are screen used props. Oh yeah, and then you just got to take those off, put them over to the side, and make you a new costume. Well, I think and they, never and, and they had to do didn't they have to do something? I don't know. Floney, I thought set it offhand like some process because they're that well, officially remember, part of part of Lucasfilm now. Ta- yeah, yeah. So um, they own those costumes. <laughs> give them, give them, give them here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, so they showed a little scene how, how a behind the scenes shot of how they filmed uh, the Mandalorian ship. Which do you remember the name of his ship? Oh Lord, what did he say? I remember John Favreau saying it. I can't remember what he said, but I remember them showing how they filmed it, and I thought that was amazing because that was exactly how they used to make the original Star Wars movies. Oh yeah. Um, oh, and it and it was so cool because they just kept showing like the layered, the layered look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how they did it with, and then added the black, and then added the stars mm-hmm. behind it. Oh. Yeah, I that love it. So- I mean that. I mean because that's really all you need. I mean you can you can really push it out there and and do new things. But like those those angles, the the things they achieved in the Star Wars movies. I mean the original trilogy in terms of the space flying and the, the combat and stuff. I mean it looked really good. By Return of the Jedi, they had to me it looked amazing. And you know, yeah, you can only get better. So the name of his ship is the Razor Crest. There we go. Okay. Yeah, that's the Razor awesome. Crest. Um, and, and I got a feeling it's going to be one of those ships like slave one that turns out to be a lot of people's favorite star Wars ship by right. the end of the show, you know, um, just looking really, really, really good. Uh, let's see what else did they talk about in the, in the panel and some of the preview stuff that we saw. Um, I can't remember much else that was like really yeah i think that was pretty much it i mean they yeah. you know they got to show the footage and the main cast came out but, yeah and 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 that was that was like and carl weathers was just like so happy to be there oh well, yeah and, i love carl weathers man he's got that he's got that attitude about everything he does nowadays he's just you know <laughs> like a team player just loves to be there enjoys his work loves everybody loves the fans he's a good guy and and gina was like I mean, she she said at the table, I didn't realize it was going to be this many people right. <laughs> when she walked out. <laughs> For something that no one's seen yet. Yeah. Uh, it just goes to show that I think this is very a uh, hot, hot, hot property that people are really going to want to um, watch when it comes out. Now, when it does debut on Disney Plus November 12th of this year, do you think they will throw up every show Day one, or do you think they're going to do like one show a week kind of thing? That's a good question because, you know, because they could put it all out there. And I I mean, I wish they would, but I can see them doing it like maybe one episode a week. And that's probably what they'll do. They'll probably just put out an episode a week and do it like Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love for them to do the Netflix, go the Netflix route and just release it all because... 
I know after I watch that first episode, I'm going to want to watch the second. And then I'm going to want to watch the third. Right. And then the fourth. <laughs> and then the fifth. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm sort of, I'm thinking that they're going to go the DC Universe route like they do with their shows and release them once a week. Um, which I don't particularly like because I have to wait a whole week to watch like the next episode of Doom Patrol. Oh no, we've never had to do that before. <laughs> <laughs> I know, gosh, like going back to like five years ago before Netflix or whatever. Uh, TGIF. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. But uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for our Mandalorian talk. Um, all I can say is I'm super psyched and I, the show, if, if you didn't see the bootleg trailer, go look at it. I mean, the show looks absolutely amazing. It's Star Wars meets, uh, Clint Eastwood Western, uh, type, type thing. Oh, it, it looks, it looks so, so freaking good. Uh, so now let's, let's, uh, let's change up what we're doing here and let's go review a book. Uh, we hadn't we hadn't reviewed a book in a while, so this time we're going to be reviewing Queen's Shadow by um uh, what's her name E K Johnston E K Johnston I can't I, I'm sorry should have remembered that <laughs> I know it I know it now uh, what 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 are your first thoughts about the book Austin before I get into mine Well here's here's my first reaction to it in terms <laughs> of like looking at it like the other young adult novels that kind of focus on those characters like Most Wanted was Han and, and Kira. You had the Leia mm-hmm. book, you know, Rebel Rising was was about um um oh Lord, I'm blanking. Rogue One Jenner yeah. show. Uh, so yeah, you know, just things like that. I mean they they focus and, and th- this was the author that worked on the book Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. So she had some clout. Which People was great it. to me. Yeah, it was that a great book, book was great. yeah. But at the same time, you know, Ahsoka was sort of you know, it was not, it wasn't really telling the story about Ahsoka. It was just sort of getting into her, kind of like what her mindset was around the time of the purge and, yeah. you know, kind of her leaving the Jedi order and all that. But it, it really, you only got limited amounts of story and it was mainly just kind of a throwaway story about her and this, on this planet and things like that. So you, you get those types of stories all the time. It feels Rebel yeah. Rising was just a really good character piece about Jen Erso and how she became who she was. And that was just sort of, you know, that was a good example of just giving you a full character development. With with Queen Shadow, I felt that it did a great job in giving Padme, like, just establishing her mindset and her character as she's transitioning from being a queen to a senator. And, and then the main part of the story just kind of, you know, talking about how she settled in as a senator, I thought it was a good. Thought it was a good book. I thought you know, just in terms of you understanding her world, and mm-hmm. even her having to understand how her worlds are going to be different. You know, I, I just felt like it was a good book. I mean, in terms of like action and pacing and things like that, it's kind of whatever. But it was interesting because you got to see her rea- her interactions and getting used to the the political climate. You know, now that she's a senator. And you know, getting to know our, you know, like our main players like Bell Organa and Mon Mothma, you know, stuff like that was yeah. really cool. So I, you know, I felt the author gave us a lot of of that sort of information. So I, don't know, I, I pretty much enjoyed it. Yeah. So 
so I do, you know, of course I do the audio book cause I drive mm-hmm. and, uh, back and forth to work. And that's how I consume, uh, n- the star Wars novels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when it, when the book ended, I was surprised. Yeah, was it like, does. It does. To me, I felt like it was pretty abrupt and there's no, I mean, there's like, really nothing it? major. I mean, they have a little bit of a <laughs> thing, a, you know, a mission at the end, but it, there's no big, I mean, there's no big story. The whole book is just to cover her getting settled in as a senator. And it's pretty much, yeah, there's no, it's just like Thrawn, you know, at least Thrawn had like a somewhat of a, an understory. Yeah, ties there, up, there's know, like this action plot there, you know. But yeah, with, somewhat. But, but yeah, with but with this one, there's no, there's nothing. It's just a by the books, like you know, just kind of. Yeah, and 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 I, and I guess the reason I I thought it ended abruptly was because I was waiting for the the action piece to to set in, right? right? And there because it's Star Wars, and there was none. Um, now, don't get me wrong; I did enjoy, I, I enjoyed the book for what it gave me, and that was backstory on Padme on her her like you were talking about her change from queen to senator mm-hmm. um and her first meetings with you know Bell Organa Mon Mothma uh and a couple of clone wars characters um that we get to know better during the clone wars um so that would that was kind of cool and and also uh you know I I think a better name for this book would be a handmaid's tale because while it did, while the book was about Padme, I mean, it really hit, uh, her handmaids or handmaidens. Yeah. 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 I mean, they Um, were, you know, they were, that's another thing too, is because, you know, with her culture and, you know, with her protection, yeah, they had to be part of the story. So that was, I felt, I felt like the author did a good job of, of balancing it out and giving us, you know, a good story involving all the handmaidens and everything and, and showing you how that world works, how they operate, how they think. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I was sort of waiting for it to hit. I, I guess I didn't know what I, what to expect with, I, what, I didn't know what I was expecting going into this book. Right. But when it started, because it, it starts off with Padme's death, right. And then it switches over to right. The day before or the day of her giving up her, the throne as queen. And um, since we since we started off with her death, I assumed that, you know, this book might highlight and hit some things until we get up to that point. Right. Right. But we never got to that point. We didn't even get to Attack of the Clones. Right. You know, it it, it didn't get any further than... Maybe her second vote in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then um, we ended again with uh, the the book ends with her death um, or talking about her death and uh, her handmaiden, uh, the main one. God, I can't think right now. Which one, Sabe or? Sa- yeah, Sabe. And um, how she's kind of, you know, hooking up with this other dude, um, this Naboo guy. And... Uh, that it makes me want to read almost what happens after that. So like, because Sabe 
wants to dig in and find out what really happened to Padme. You know, that would be an interesting book to see how far she gets with that. And I feel like the author set that up as that's what she wants to do. And you can tell that they were, she was setting up threads so that if they'll give her the go ahead, then she can, she can write companion stories to this. Yeah. And, and the, the most interesting thing that I read in that book, and I don't know if I'm supposed to know this or not. Maybe I learned it somewhere along the way, but did you know that Panaka was an actual leader in the empire after the fact? I thought I remembered like that was his story was that he somehow gets involved in the empire. I just, I I, I don't know. They never, they never really focus much on that or explain anything else. Yeah. It was just kind of like a throwaway line in this book. And I was like, are you kidding me? Right. Really? But you know, but you got to think too, like the empire, they're also trying to, you know, make it like, well, you know, a lot of people just join the empire too, because that's just what it was. You thought you were doing something good. And, you know, he probably just went from one military to another, you know, probably didn't think too much Mm -hmm. about it. So kind of like, you know, what's his name? Um, um, Oh Lord, he's the commander in the Clone Wars. Oh, oh yes, uh, with the mustache. Yeah. Ah, God. Yeah, I'm just a blank on the stars. I could tell you. <laughs> hey, it's people, not... we do like Star Wars. Okay, we, I, I, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. Listen, I got too many Say, names in our in my head, and there's new ones added every day, and you just can't keep them. Can't keep them all. Oh, I know. God, I, Admiral. Uh, ah, un. Lid, because uh, I was about to say Willif, but it's not Willif. It's nah. uh, it's something like Andala or, or Admiral and D- no. Oh, I can see his face, man. He's in the Death Star meeting, you know, with Tarkin and all them and everything. Yes, I can see his face. Yeah, God. And his voice. Uh, no, well, you know, I could Google it, but that'd be lazy. That'd be because we, sh- you know, we probably should prepare better. oh gosh but no i mean queen shadow i guess it doesn't rank right up there with the best star wars novels i've ever read it doesn't rank at the it doesn't it's it's certainly not battle star wars battlefront twilight company um so and if if you've ever listened to a, one of our podcasts, especially go back and listen to those reviews, they they were not good for Twilight Company. Um, so I don't rank it that low, it, but it's one of those books that yeah, there's a couple of things in there that 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 help me learn something new about this Star Wars universe, right? Mm-hmm. But it's nothing like that. I really have to know to keep my to keep me interested in Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? No, right. I got you. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not going to rank it like really high. It, it was a well-written book. Don't get me wrong. It was well-written. It's just I was – and I guess this is me. I was expecting more from the book, especially the way it ended. And I'm just sitting here like, that's it? There's no more? I can't keep – like click to the next chapter? That's it? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, this one, this book definitely was, yeah, it was like it, it had a purpose and it was all about the, just the, 
the transition, and that was pretty much it. It, it, it was kind of other than that. It's not one I'm going to really pick up and read again. But I found that you know you you see that a lot in these in these books where you read them and they're they're so you know you can tell the author's limited in what they can say and and do exactly and yeah so you just yeah. you know the 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 story ends up kind of falling flat and you don't care even though it deals with a, an important character you may just just don't bother with it anymore I mean I have yet to exactly. go back to a lot of of the books but um this was one I just I mean it was an interesting book and I would say anyone you know, that, that likes that character, especially if you're a Padme fan, like definitely read it because I love how they, they go into the details on her, even her wardrobe and things. I mean, it's all tactical. I mean, it's, it's really cool yeah. how they do that. Like the, the big stuff is she can easily escape the, the bigger dresses. Right. And yeah, in case of battle and stuff. Yeah. The head, the big head dresses mm-hmm. are, are there to, so people don't focus on her face right? so that, any one of her handmaidens could be her. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. I get that. Yeah. And it does provide some cool information. It, again, I'm looking at it as from an overall standpoint. Yeah. Where's the story? Where's the, yeah. where's my, where's my, the three act system and all that sort of stuff that you normally, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm, and I'm telling you that there's a lot of that that's missing in, in some of these books. I mean, and, and especially in terms of just your action and things like that, but I'll, I'll tell you this much. And this is just a tease of what's to come because I'm sure we'll review it but the newest book that they released Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray doesn't oh, run yes. into any of those problems yes it is very good so far and that's all I'm going to say that, that sucked I mean that's not my Qui-Gon voice <laughs> I don't even know what that <laughs> was I don't even know what that was it's not uh, but hey I want to I, I do want to tease this though the dude that is reading this book I, I can't remember his name I'll I'll know it when we do the review Oh, the, the, the narrator of the book? Yeah. Oh, my God. He does a good Qui-Gon. He does a good Kenobi. Um, he does a decent Yoda. Um, Mace is, you know, I mean, Mace wasn't in the book, but like a few seconds. So the, as far as I've, I've read so far, and uh, his, his Mace is not very good. He sounds just like a, um, a country guy instead oh, okay. of Mace Windu. But, but no, I, from what I've read so far, his book is good. This book is good so far. Great. Hadn't finished it yet. Um, how far you got? Are, are you at the part where they kill Qui-Gon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got right past <laughs> that part. And, um, <laughs> and they built some clone army uh, uh. and did it on somebody else's credit card. So it was really weird. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm, I'm almost done with it. I'm probably in the final act and it's, yeah. I can't wait. Oh. I'm trying to finish it before yeah, I'm not, hurry up, basically, because I can't take the book with me. I just can't do it. So I'm trying to hurry up and finish it before we go. Okay, so um, I'm not that cl- I'm not that close. So we may have to review it after your trip. Um, but hey, you know, we might be able to record face to face soon. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Alrighty. Um. Well, I think that's gonna that's that's putting us near the time limit here. So, um, with all that said, we're gonna wrap this thing up for tonight. Uh, if you haven't noticed, we do have a website. It's called outerrimnews.com, where we show the latest news, latest Star Wars news stories, um, information. Just go check it out. Um, participate in the comment threads. 
It's really cool. We love that. Uh, you can also visit our social media sites like uh, facebook.com slash Outer Rim News, where we have a huge Facebook uh, following and lots and lots of conversations. Um, we're on Twitter as well, at Outer Rim News, um, on Instagram. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, we just got um, brought on board somebody new to um, help manage that Instagram um, feed. Uh I think he just started today, actually. Um, but before I give that information out, I just want to make sure he's okay with it. But um, anyway, go check that out at Outer Rim News. And also remember that the podcast isn't endorsed or supported by Disney or Lucasfilm. It's all for entertainment purposes only. So the names and sounds we use are copyright and registered trademarks of Disney and their respective copyright holders. All righty. So, um, in your travels this week, if you didn't get to go to Star Wars Celebration and you didn't watch the live stream of any of that, go to StarWars.com's YouTube channel where you can watch live streams of each and every day of Celebration or particular panels or just the interviews they did on the Star Wars show set. That's some good, good stuff in there. Um, and lots and lots of, uh, time wasting entertainment for you to enjoy. Anything, Austin? I just say everybody get out, grab a copy of, uh, Master and Apprentice. Check it out. It's very, very good. It is. All right. Well, that said, may the force be with you. Peace. Thank you.